Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Red or Dead, a bi-weekly podcast where we talk about the world of mysteries and thrillers. This is episode 128, and we are recording on Sunday, May 29th. I'm Katie McLean Horner, along with Nezra Javed, and we are coming to you from Book Riot. Hi, Nezra. How are you doing? I am okay, except for the, <laughs> like I was telling you, the allergy season, stuffing up my nose. I'm okay. How are you doing? I don't have the stuffy nose, but I do have the allergies. Yes. So I may also sound a wee bit a wee bit off in the recording. It just the allergies have just been absolutely brutal this spring. And yeah, I was I know I was telling you about how Illinois is right in although now I think we're kind of moving out of it, but like mid-May is always cottonwood season and Though I just feel like I've been walking around with a constant sinus headache for like yep. the last three weeks and everyone at work has been dealing with the same. We're all just like, we're so stuffy and sneezy and headachy and we're all just miserable. Yes. Yeah. Basically, I have had so many headaches where I'm just like, I, I don't know what to do anymore. I sleep, I drink water, I have cut down on caffeine, but it just doesn't go away. So then I do all of those things again. Like I start drinking my four cups of tea all over. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's been a rough couple of weeks and I, well, it's been a rough couple of weeks for lots of reasons and you know, I of course I will not we don't need to go into detail and rage and yell even though I desperately want to, but I would just like to say that I I think I speak for for most people when I say my my heart goes out to everyone in Texas right now and everyone who has been struggling with the news. It's been it's been a really really hard couple of weeks, I'm not going to lie. And I have channeled a lot of that. I I feel like I I I put everything into work and then I come home and I'm an absolute couch potato, but I have been able to channel a lot of my anger into contacting my elected representatives. And even though for the most part, my elected representatives at the federal level are pretty good, there's still obviously so much more that needs to be done. And I have sent about an email a day, sometimes more, to my senators and, you know, expressing extreme frustration and rage at what has been happening, which is, it's it's a slightly more useful way to, to channel my feelings, but obviously it does not feel like it's nearly enough. And I would also like to apologize if anyone follows me on Twitter. I apologize. My Twitter feed has been very, very angry and upset for like the last week or so. So if you if you've been trying to not have your social media feed bombarded with news updates. I am very sorry about that. Yeah, no, uh, our uh, the news cycle has been rough and our thoughts to anyone, you know, who is struggling. And I have some, uh, we at work also decided to do actually like, you know, to start channeling our anger into actions and what little actions we could do. So I'll definitely add some links in the show notes to some petitions that are going around to, you know, a large scale like nationwide chain that's going. But yeah, our hearts feel for everyone who is going through a tough time right now. And, you know, do what you need to do for yourself. Step away, take breaks. It's important to know what's going on, but also, you know, take care of yourself. Yeah, I also signed up. I signed up for a, um, this is a longer term focus, but I did sign up for a postcard writing campaign for swing states that's going to be happening for the uh, November elections this year. So, Oh, nice. I love that. Yeah, so I'll send a link to the the website that that I found. And yeah, I signed up for a bunch of postcards and 
uh, voter information to be sent to me along with messaging that goes on the postcards. Participants have to provide the postage. But it's a really good low-key way to make an active difference. And it shows that these types of campaigns are actually really effective in getting voter turnout. So if you're looking for something along those lines, I'll make sure to include that link in in the show notes as well. 100%. I agree. I I remember when the presidential elections were happening, a couple of my friends did this where they started a snail mail and they they had like a quick uh, four to five step on how to vote, how to register, how to check that the registration is up to date. And, you know, it's just, it it was a wonderful, actionable way. And I think the postage was not that expensive. It's just an actionable, like, you know, it's like channeling your frustration into something, into effective change, hopefully. Yeah, very much so. All right. So take care of yourself. Do what you need to do with that. Let's turn to books. Books. Have, books. <laughs> have you read anything, finished anything recently that you'd like to shout out about? I have not finished anything recently, but I did just come back from a shopping excursion at Half Price Books this afternoon. Oh, I love Half Price Books. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so the the books that I picked up, I picked up three. I picked up The Family Plot by Megan Collins. I picked up True Crime Story by Joseph Knox. And I picked up These Toxic Things by Rachel Housel Hall. And yes, I was very happy to find those. Those are all books that I have talked about or have had on my radar for a while. And they were just there. And they were all in paperback. So not only were they at half price books, but they were also cheaper because they were paperbacks. So I am very pleased with my haul today. I have no idea what book I'm going to read next. It may be one of the library books that I checked out a couple weeks ago and haven't gotten to because that's that's just how I roll. That is how a Katie do. <laughs> that That's just life now. <laughs> <laughs> what about you? Uh, First of all, I'm going to say this. Half Price Books is amazing. Oh, I just love it so much. And I'm surprised you found this toxic things in paperback because I have a, I have trouble finding that book in print anywhere for some reason in California. Yeah. Huh. Maybe I should move to Illinois. <laughs> they actually, I think, had it in hardcover and paperback. I did paperback Whoa. because it, w- it was less expensive. But yeah, I think they had, I'm pretty sure they had two copies of that. I was surprised. That's how you know that's a good half price books. I yes. want you to like, you know, keep it in business. Do what you have to do. There you go. Buy 10 oh. books every week. Do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> but what I finished, yes. So I actually did finish something. I finished, I believe I spoke about this in the last or the second to last episode that we spoke in. Uh, the Push by Ashley Audrain. Yes. I finished it. Oh, it was intense, you guys. It was, it was rough. It was, it's like, it was, oh. <laughs> I'm trying to find the words. Basically, for a lot of trigger warnings, if you are looking to read this book and you're someone, yeah, I would just check the triggers before going into this book for, you know, harm to children and uh, postpartum depression and mental illness. Just these sort of things. Just just do your research around uh, the, uh, the triggers. But the book in itself is this, you never really know if what's going on is in the you know director's head or if it's actually happening. But it's like, you know, it's not around a murder or something like that. It's like a mother's, you're inside a mother's brain and you feel the, the writing is so well done that you feel the claustrophobia that the narrator, that the character must have been feeling. And it's just, it's like, it's about gaslighting in a way, like how mothers are gaslit and every instinct they have is like you know everyone's like or like the expectations everyone puts on you know women on relationships and it's just oh i have thoughts (laughs) but basically it was it was definitely worth your time if books like defending jacob we talk about kevin were your jam then i recommend you pick this up it's also very short chapters, and the audiobook narration member in Ireland was amazing. So yes, I finished that, and it was. And I, I'm just taking a break from read. I finished it yesterday. I'm a very slow reader. 
I finished it yesterday and I'm just taking a break from reading. Like I had to take, I'm taking a full 24 hour break from reading because that book was intense, but it had, I felt like it had some meaningful things to say, but at the same time without being overly sentimental or like preachy. Like, so I loved it. It was great. So that's the push by Ashley Audrey. And I'm glad I got to finish it. And now you're just nursing that book hangover. (laughs) Yes, basically. All right. Well, before we jump into this episode, let's go ahead and hear from our first sponsor. Today's episode is brought to you by Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle. Walk, Ride, Paddle is a captivating memoir of Senator Tim Kaine's physical journey through the Virginia wilderness, but it is also a unique and ultimately optimistic perspective on these pivotal moments in history, offering inspiration, wisdom, and hope. With immediacy and honesty, Kane pulls back the curtain to reveal his inner thoughts during such monumental times. And Kane's storytelling gift and wise observations offer a fascinating glimpse into the mind of a seasoned politician and outdoor enthusiast. Walk, Ride, Paddle is available everywhere audiobooks are sold on April 9th. It is narrated and written by Tim Kaine, Virginia Senator and former Democratic vice presidential candidate. It's a compelling account of one man's journey across hundreds of miles of Virginia wilderness and a moving testament to the optimistic spirit of America. So make sure to check out Walk, Ride, Paddle by Tim Kaine. And thanks again to Harper Horizon, publisher of Walk, Ride, Paddle, for sponsoring this episode. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right. So if you are a new listener, welcome. If you're a longtime listener, welcome back. As always, we're delighted to have everyone listening to us every two weeks. It makes our hearts so happy that everyone just keeps continuing to tune in every two weeks. And like we said at the top of the show, we talk about mysteries and suspense and thrillers and true crime and anything that can be categorized as mysterious or suspenseful. If it falls under that umbrella, it's probably fair game for us to talk about. So this is the point in the episode where we always put out a call to our listeners to let us know if you have any suggestions for upcoming episodes, because they really do help us plan so many of the episodes that we've recorded already, they help us get ahead of ourselves a little bit, have a little bit of a plan going a few weeks out. It's a great way for us to know what you, the listeners, would like to hear more of, a great way for us to expand our own reading horizons and talk about interesting topics. So just a win-win situation all around. And in fact, this episode is going is brought to you by a listener suggestion. So yeah, no, we really, really do use use these a lot. So if you have any ideas, you can shoot us an email or reach out to us via social media. We'll have all of our contact information at the end of the show and in the show notes. We always just put out the call ahead of time to get those creative juices flowing, get you thinking. And even if you don't have an idea and you just want to say hi, there's nothing that we enjoy more than hearing from our lovely listeners. So definitely send us a note if you feel so inclined. And if you enjoy this podcast, definitely leave us a review over at Apple Podcasts so that other people can find us. And with that, there hasn't been a ton of news information from the last couple of weeks, so we're just going to kind of skip that part and jump right into the heart of our discussion, which is series. Book series, long-running series, do you like series or not? And in fact, the person who contacted me and sent this as a suggestion, I said, wow, I'm a really bad person to ask about this because I really don't read series. So, but Nezra and I were like, no, you know, there's still stuff to talk about. Because, you know, there's even if you don't read series, like there's there's stuff to dive into and whatnot. So, yeah, we're just going to sit here. We're going to we're going to talk about series. So. I know we've we've touched on this before, just, you know, in little bits and pieces in previous discussions, but would you, Nezra, categorize yourself as a series reader? 
I would, let me think about this for a minute. I'm trying to frame it the right way. I would, yes. Yes, actually I would. I would I would categorize myself as a serious reader. I am not a good serious reader. And what I mean by that is that I would not read like something back to back. But I definitely, I, I, I found myself like I do make it to like the third, fourth, or usually I do like it takes a very long time to get there. But I do usually stay. Yeah, I, I like, like I'm happy to say that. That I I enjoy series. I especially enjoy like that sense of because sometimes when I start a new book and you've had a long day, one of the exhausting things about starting a new book is like acclimatizing yourself to a whole like that sometimes that's the joy. But sometimes that's the, you know, that's the part that makes you turn on the TV instead, right? Where you have to sort of get familiar with new characters, a new world, a new plot lines. So sometimes having that similar, like that character that you're already familiar with, you know, having your favorite characters come back on the page, it's like a warm hug, like, you know? So I I enjoy that. So yeah, actually, as I was speaking this, I thought of three different series that actually I am following and I'm loving. So Yes, I'll I'll make sure to mention those as well. What about you, Katie? How has your experience with series with series been? See, when I was a kid, and I was well, a lot of kids' reading is designed around series, and even like for non mystery stuff, I had like I loved the Babysitters Club, I loved Goosebumps, and like I loved those long running series. But as I got older my taste became much more, I became much more interested in standalone stories. And even now, like there are some authors who I'm like, oh, okay, like, you know, Tana French and the Dublin Murder Squad series, which honestly is almost not, those are almost standalone novels. I actually would, even though there are plot points that connect some of the books to each other, for the most part, they can stand on their own. And I think that's one of the reasons, one of the many reasons why I love Town of French, but that has made that se- that particular series really easy to follow because I don't feel like I have to get caught up with who the characters are, where they were when the last book finished and all of that stuff. And I think for me, that's, that's a big part of it because I'm definitely not someone who can just read a bunch of books in the same series back to back to back to back. I need much more variety in my reading life than that. And it's interesting working in a library and doing the purchasing for our adult fiction collection because so many of our patrons do read those authors that just every time they come out with a new book, it almost doesn't matter what the book's about. They're like, yep, it's part of that series. I'm going to read it. Like we've got hardcore Janet Ivanovich fans. They're just like, it just doesn't matter what the plot is. They're reading it for the characters and because they know what type of mystery they're getting. And for me, I like, yeah, I like to be surprised and I like to have more variety. And even when I find a series that I do really like the characters, like one that I have, that's come to mind that I've talked about semi-recently is Louise Luna with the Alice Vega series. And the first book was fantastic. I really, really loved it. And I thought I was like, okay, yeah, you know, I really loved it. I'm going to jump into the second one. And I did. And I didn't get very far because I'm like, okay, I need I need to break up the reading a little bit. I can't have that much similarity in my my back to back books. So I think for me, that's just in general, a big part of why I don't gravitate towards series. And even when I find one I like, it's usually a long time before I can get back to it. And then the whole thing of, of oh, okay, do I have to reread the, the other books but to remember what's happening in this one? Like, yeah. So it kind of becomes a lot of work. And I think in general, that's why I'm not a huge fan. This is also a big reason why I don't watch Marvel movies. Because I to get caught up to where everyone is at this point is going to require so much homework that it's not even it's not even worth it to me at this point. Katie, how how could you with the new Doctor Strange that just came out? Uh, Actually, yes. 
Actually, yes, I let it go because the, I did not like the turtles movie. No one come for me, please. It was not good. <laughs> but yeah, oh, okay. So we we are we were different Marvel nerd in our house. We we watched all the twenty two movies before we watched the latest uh, Avengers that came out. It was so it was so much fun. But yeah, okay. It's it looks like we're gonna have a variety in this episode. I love it. I'm <laughs> ready for good. this. Which is which good. is good. Yes, we don't want both of us to be like, nah, we don't like series. Okay, bye. See you later. <laughs> <laughs> but yes. So, what do you uh like? Have you noticed any recent trends around books? And you know, like, have you been seeing like, especially with your ordering of the catalog, right? Have you been seeing like? every other book you order is maybe series have you seen the like the reduced number because you've been doing this for a while so like have you noticed a shift in pattern like do you think any you know yeah just like what have you observed so far well i will say there are a ton of new series being started which is really frustrating because I'm really because when you hear about like oh this debut novel it's the first in a series I'm and like it's getting a lot of buzz I'm like okay awesome but there are so many of them and the second novels in the series don't get as much attention usually unless they are you know unless there's something really really exceptional about them or it's a series that just happened to kind of really kind of catch my attention and so I'm already looking for it but the i would say one of the one of the most difficult things is keeping up with all of the new series and at some point and this is a mental note to myself i'm going to have to look at the books that i have ordered over the last few years that are like first in a series and when deciding okay am i going to order a second order the second book in the series I'm going to have to look at how well the first ones did and to see, because our budget is very limited, our space is very limited. And so, you know, which series are the ones that I'm going to try and keep up with? Because half the time I'm like, oh, yeah, this author, I remember that. And I'm like, what do you mean this is book four in the series? What happened to two and three? Did I order those? I have no idea. <laughs> it's it's kind of difficult. But we are seeing a ton of new series, like I said. And we're really not, even though we've there are a, still a ton of big name authors like I said, the Janet Ivanovich, James Patterson, Stuart Woods, all of those authors, even the ones that pass away, their series still keep going. Stieg Larsson, Robert B. Parker, those are all series that have been picked up by another author to kind of continue on with that character. And while those authors are still really going strong, I'm not seeing a lot of newer authors kind of joining that fold. I mean, if I had to stop and really think, which I'm not able to do because we are recording right now, I could probably come up with some that I'm like, oh yeah, they're they've you know they've been strong series contenders for like the last ten or fifteen years, but a lot of the authors that we're seeing that have you know twenty, thirty books in a series, they started writing decades ago and just keep continuing into the 21st, far into the 21st century. But we're not, yeah, we're not, I don't see a ton of new blood in that area, so to speak. Um, unless, I was going to say, Nezra, if you can think of anyone that might that might be comparable, Louise Penny, maybe. She was, I mean, her first books were written like in the early 2000s, I think. She she might be the best example I, I could think of some of these other um some of these other authors. But yeah. there's just that's not how publishing seems to be going right now. I think I this a few I can think of is the Sherry Thomas Lady Sherlock series. I feel like that's on its sixth book. I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's definitely got a it got a few in there. But I agree to your point. I feel like and even in the series that are being published, it's they're not going beyond more than like a duology or like a like a four book part. Like it's not there's a finality to it where they're like, you know, this is the final book of the series or this is of the trilogy. That's something I've noticed that they're keeping it short, which I hundred percent appreciate. Like you know, ain't nobody got that kind of stamina. Yeah. Well, people do actually, but I don't. No, but yes, <laughs> the same thing I think can be said of a lot of TV series too. Like, we still have Law and Order and Law and Order SVU and CSI and, you know, all of these long running crime shows, but we're seeing a lot more of like, 
either limited series where it's just like, it's like Sharp Objects, which ran for just the one eight episode season, or you're seeing stuff end after seasons five or six. Like we're starting to see, maybe it's, you know, and maybe that now I'm like, my brain's like making connections, you know, that might be part of one thing that's influencing kind of publishing in general. We're, you know, these stream, how we stream stories and the types of shows that are being made for Netflix and Hulu, they, they're kind of designed with a closed story arc and not like this sprawling, you know, yeah. just kind of what, you know, the, just this sprawling story that just keeps going and going and new characters come in and old characters come back and, you know, it just kind of keeps going. Yes, I can 100% see that happening. Yeah. So that might that might be why we're not seeing as much. We're just our entertainment preferences are <laughs> changing. Yeah. Uh for the better, I guess. I'll take it. Yeah. But with that, do you want to jump into our picks? Yes. Well, actually, before we jump into that, I do want to ask you a question since you're more of a series reader than I am. And this was yes. a question that our listeners specifically mentioned when they pitched this idea to me. Do you have any tips for jumping into a long-running series if you've never read anything? Like, I know you, you said you watched all 20-some Marvel movies before before the most recent Avengers movie came out. But like, in terms of some of these long running mystery series, do you think, you know, do you think someone has to start at the beginning or can they kind of just jump in anywhere or, you know, kind of what are your thoughts on that? For me, usually what makes you pick up a series is someone recommending them strongly, right? Someone being like, you have to pick this up. It's worth the hype. Like the Sherry Thomas ones, there have a couple of friends who are like, who are, who have read all five or six of the books and they won't stop talking about them, right? Or it has piqued my interest in some way. So, I think the first thing I've tried is usually I always do the first book in a series on audio. Because here's why. Because I feel like the first book in a series is always a setup, right? It's always going to be slower. It's it introducing you to the world, to the character arcs, to the setting. You're familiarizing yourself with that situation, with the author's writing style. And I feel like audio makes it easier. It Audio gives me personally, it gives me more perseverance because if if it's a uh, like a slumpy point in the book i can sort of you know like go go make myself dinner or do some laundry and sort of push through that whereas in print i'm more likely to get like you know impatient and be like oh this is not working for me let's just you know let's just switch to another book so that's the first one i usually do the first book of any series always on like unless the like the narrators i cannot uh, get along with the narrator but otherwise it's usually on audio the first book and that and that's what helps me sort of establish that oh yeah this is the series i want to follow or so yeah that's one tip i'd have like you know try it out in audio you're likely to have more patience you're likely to you know enjoy it more and just like forget that you're in a series series situation that's first and then yes the second one is i if you're if there's a series you're interested in like with the marvel movies right i we i track maybe like a new book is coming out and then i use that as like a motivator to get me to read that book so for instance like a series that i i recently have gotten into is the finlay donovan series so the second book came out so but apparently looks like we're gonna get a third book in the beginning of next year so i have this mental note in my head that before the third book i have to make sure i finish the second book like it's not a pressure sort of situation but i like build anticipation that way you know that then like read it in time give myself a time frame that read it in time before this book comes out in this time period so those two things i think are something that gets me excited and makes you more likely to pick up a series so try that if that doesn't work i mean this is always like you know you everyone has hopefully i hope everyone's lucky enough to have trusted people they can go to for recommendations about and you know like ask when you ask something i've done over in my life is when i ask them for recommendations and they recommend something i'm like but why did you like it to see if it would work for me or not so like for instance the friend that recommended sherry thomas to me they love historical romance whereas i 
like contemporary romance more, right? Or where, so it has elements of historical romance, which they found intriguing, or like they love Sherlock Holmes. I am lukewarm about Sherlock Holmes. So it's just like those things, like, you know, be specific and like, why do you love it? You know, like put your put your recommender under a microscope so they never talk to you again. But, you know, hey, you'll get a recommendation out of it. But yeah, those are my tips. So then I've got one one quick tip to throw in there that I just thought of while you were while you were talking about this. I think like we talked about, there are a lot of like the really big name authors, a lot of them write stories that follow a particular formula where there isn't a lot of like character change between between books. It's, you know, the, the plot changes, but ultimately it has a lot of the same building blocks. And if you're looking to jump into one of those series, you're probably okay to pick up wherever you want to in the series. Like you can go all the way back to the beginning if you want, but you can probably pick it up, you know, just about anywhere and, you know, follow along with what's happening. Whereas if you have a series like possibly Louise Penny, where the characters are more complex, or it seems like there are connections and characters that change and grow from story to story, and part of that is is crucial to the development of the actual mystery within that specific book, those are ones that you'll probably want to take a look at and start from the beginning, or at least close to the beginning. And... Yeah, because that way, because you might be missing out on some really crucial character building blocks. And of course, this is with the caveat that there are some people that just absolutely adamantly refuse to start any series anywhere else other than the beginning. If you're one of those people, well, your decision has just, I mean, it's just been made a lot easier. If you, there's a series, you start from the beginning. But if you, if that's not a requirement for you, that's something to consider as well. I would like to say that I am people. I cannot <laughs> start a book midway. But yes. No, I, yeah, for me, it depends. It, although I will say, and I have said this before, if you are looking to start Sue Grafton's Alphabet Murder Kinsey Malone series, do not start with K is for Knife. It is, <laughs> I think it's K is for Knife or K is for Killer. I can't remember which one. But don't start with K, because that was the one I jumped into for a reading assignment, a, prof- a professional reader's advisory group study thing. And I picked that book to start with, and it was absolutely the wrong book to start with, because, yeah, there were way too many loose ends, which was very unusual because none of her other books did that. So that's my other tip. If you're interested in Sue Grafton, don't start with book K. (laughs) And with that, before we jump into our series picks, let's go ahead and hear from our second sponsor. All right, Nezra, kick us off. What is your first series recommendation? All right, so my first series recommendation is Marion Lane and the Midnight Murder by T.A. Wilberg. And this is the first book in the Marion Lane series. And when this book initially came out, it was a standalone. But I think it was so well received and it it itched that scratch so well that uh, I, there it is now a series. And the second book just came out in uh, February, February, end of February or March, early March this year. What this book is about, though, and this book is fantastic on audio, it's basically you go into the hearts of London, underground London, where uh, Michelle, she receives a letter that something horrible is about to happen. And, you know, she goes to find out what's happening and, like, who sent that letter and then when she like what happens is when she then she once she's finding out who could have sent that letter something happens to her and then we have marion lane our main character who finds herself at the center of this investigation she walks in something has happened to michelle and like she walks in she is the she's a very initial recruit to this organization that Michelle was a part of that operates in the undergrounds. And so she decides to, you know, this is, she decides that solving this mystery of what happened to Michelle, who killed her, is going to be the reason, uh, is how she's going to sort of bring herself to the spotlight. And so she starts putting all these pieces together. And it's like a, 
underground puzzle situation that's happening over here. But at the same time, it's like a perfect book for when you do not want gore or like too much darkness, but you also want like high stakes, but not so much that your anxiety gets goes through the roof. And it's the writing style is very like Agatha Christie style where it's simple, but like sla- on the sly side, like, you know, the author is saying something, but they're also like underhandedly saying something else. And it's very smart. And then if, you know, you enjoyed books like Tuesday, Mooney, uh, Dogs to Ghosts, and like, you know, you're looking for something like that scavenger huntish feel. This is not a scavenger hunt book, but it has that feel to it where it's like putting together of clues. It's like you're very much part of the putting together of the clues. And then the London Underground in 1950s is just, it's like a his, historical ride. So, so it's just so much, it's like a perfect book. It's it's not a cozy, but it's also not like an intense historical mystery. It's somewhere in between and it makes it the perfect one. So that's Marion Lane and the Midnight Murder by T.A. Wilberg. All right. So my first series pick is not actually a series, woohoo! but it, I think it really encapsulates the good parts of a series that I can relate to and also frees me from the burden of having to go back and remember everything that happened in a series. And that is basically every book that has been written by Riley Sager. And like I said, all of these books are actually standalones. And I know I've talked about Riley Sager a lot, but I love his books so much. So I, I kind of knew this, but didn't realize until just now when I pulled up a list of the books that he's published so far, he's put out a book every year since 2017. His first one was Final Girls, which was unbelievable. Holy cow, this is a book I will hand out to just about everyone. And what with his books, so all of the characters are different. All of the plots and things are different. They don't connect to each other in any way. But thematically, they're all very similar in that each book takes on a different trope or setup that you would find in a horror movie. So Final Girls, it takes on the concept of the final girl and slasher movies and stuff like that. The Last Time I Lied talks is set at a summer camp in the middle of the woods in an isolated mountain area. Lock Every Door, that takes place in an old hotel building converted into apartments, something a la Rosemary's Baby. Home Before Dark is kind of Amityville horror style. Survive the, Survive the Night is Hitchhikers and plays plays with those types of tropes. And his next one that's coming out in June, The House Across the Lake, that looks at kind of voyeurism or like that that kind of stalker feeling, like you're in an isolated house, maybe in the woods, maybe in the mountains, and you, it just feels like, you know, someone's watching. And so he takes on all of these these easily recognizable themes and he turns them into their own stories. And in a, you know exactly what you're going to get with his books. They are incredibly fast-paced. Like, these are easily books you can complete in one to two sittings. Not, not a problem. These are weekend books. They're popcorn books. Like, there's not going to be a lot of grappling with really heavy stuff. But they are, they are entertaining as hell. And you're just along for the ride. You're expecting twists. You're expecting creepiness. You're expecting a well-thought-out plot. And that's what you get every time. But like I said, because they're standalones, you don't have to remember what happened in the last book. So you can just pick up the next one and go. You can pick it up at any point within the quote-unquote series. Although I do recommend Final Girl starting with because it is just so banana pants amazing. Oh my god, it's so good. But yeah, so I feel like Riley Sager writes the perfect type of series that that really speaks to me in so many ways. So yeah, so all of the Riley Sager books, that's my first pick. <laughs> I, I can 100% see that. I, like, I agree that it is, you know what you're getting into and his books are sort of like they're play on different tropes in the horror genre, which kind of does make it a series. So I love it. My second pick is My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones, which was, again, not going to be a series. But now it is because, you know, the first book was so... I'm sure sure there's like, you know, I'm halfway through this book. And 
my, my initial hesitations with this book were, I'll, I'll go into them in a minute. I had initial hesitations with this book, but they were all shunned away. So, you know, if you share them, maybe it's worth a shot. So my uh, Heart is a Chainsaw, which is the first in the Lake Witch trilogy series, uh, trilogy, trilogy, is uh, basically about Jade, who is uh, an half Indian uh, with an abusing fa- abusive father and absent mother. And basically she's in the center of a town which wants nothing to do with her. And so she basically lives in this world that she's created full of horror movies and her her days pass in trying to you know unfold the plot find out what happens at the end who survives but when blood actually starts to spill around her she is the only one who realizes that all of the things that are happening are actually right out of a slasher horror movie and since no one is going to take her seriously it it is up to her to make it all come together before you know she eventually becomes a victim so it's it's like a play on like it is definitely a play on the whole final girls trope it, there's definitely that but it's also not that it's like more it's it goes beyond that it's sort of like a vigilante sort of situation where she's like i'll undertake the justice her myself but the fear, like the trigger that's underlying this course of action is her fear of becoming a final girl, which she gets from watching so many slasher movies and horror movies. So it's it's a lot of fun. There's a lot of lots, lots going on here. And one of my fears was that obviously since it's a slasher horror inspired movie, there's going to be a lot of gratuitous violence. And it is not there. It It's there. Please do read your trigger warnings. But it's definitely there, but it's very well done and it serves the purpose of the story. So that was one of my very huge hesitations that I had, which have still so far, halfway through the book, been appeased. So yeah, there you have it. So My Heart is a Chainsaw, the first in the Lake Witch trilogy and the second book is out already. So you don't have to wait too long. So you'll get to see Jade take on more people. More people and more murderers and slashers. So, yeah. All right. So, just so I don't end this segment on, well, I'm not recommending an actual series. A series I will recommend, and I will go through this really quickly because we've talked about this series so much, but I really do love this one, is the Pervine Mystery Series by Sujata Masi, the first book of which is The Widows of Malabar Hill. And if for some reason you have not heard us talk about this book before, it takes place in the 1920s. Perveen Mystery is a fictional character, but she is based on the actual first woman to practice law in India during that time. And so she is working as a part of her father's legal practice. She has been to school, she's received training, but because she is a woman, she is very, very limited in terms of the type of assistance that she can provide with uh, legal matters. And so she, her first case is she is dealing with a uh, very wealthy man's estate. He has just passed away and he has three wives who are, because of their faith, are not permitted to speak to men. They're not permitted to be in the same room as men. And so Perveen's father thinks that this is a really good opportunity for his daughter to step in and handle the handle the transactions and the legal matters because she is a woman and therefore can speak directly to them. And when she investigates or when she starts talking to them, she realizes that there may have been something fishy going on with with the husband's will. He, they, she's starting to think that these women may. Uh, might be influenced by someone else in the vicinity that doesn't have their best interests at heart. And then there's another murder that happens. All of a sudden, this gets way more complicated than she thought. And this is really, I was surprised at how much I loved the first book and the second one. I haven't picked up the third one yet, but I have read the first two. And what I really liked about it was the character of Perveen Mystery. She is... 
she tr- you can tell that she is trying her best and she has the best intentions for the people that she's working with. She wants to help people. She wants to be a support system for women that are otherwise kind of shunned or looked down upon in everyday society at that time. And she has really good intentions, but she keeps getting blocked and she keeps getting frustrated by the social barriers that are in place. And she keeps going, but she makes mistakes sometimes. And not kind of like blunderous, oops, that was that was a silly thing. Why did you do that? But, you know, she's she's trying to make logical decisions and they sometimes don't work. And she gets really frustrated, but she kind of picks herself up and tries again. Like she has a really wonderful sensibility about her without feeling too like she doesn't, she doesn't, it doesn't feel like a, like she's perpetually chipper or be like, oh, well, I'll get them next time. Like she's really struggling with a, with a lot of stuff, but she keeps going. And I just really loved her character. And the mystery itself was not understated isn't necessarily the word I want to use, but it's the book is about more than just the mystery. And it's just, it's so well done. It's so thoughtfully written. And you can tell that Sujata Masi just, she puts so much thought into crafting these characters and the plot and how that connects with the history of the time. And it's just remarkably well done. And it was such an enjoyable reading experience that I jumped into the second one. And at some point I will pick up the third one because again, I just, I loved Perveen's character so much. And again, that is the Perveen mystery series by Sujata Masi. And the first book is The Widows of Malabar Hill. I co-signed that recommendation very hardly. Obviously we could, well, I think it would be a mixed pack. We could go on about our feelings about series. <laughs> uh, but, if, but if you have read any of the ones that we've mentioned, if you have picks of your own, that maybe you were not a series reader and now you are one because of one, we'd love to hear them. But with that, let's jump into our new releases. So the new release I have for this week is More Than You'll Ever Know by Katie Gutierrez that comes out June 7th. It is basically about, and it's about a woman caught leading a double life after one husband murders the other and the true crime writer who becomes obsessed with telling her story. The dance set in 1985 where Lore Rivera marries Andres Russo in Mexico City, even though she's already married to Fabian Rivera in Laredo, Texas, and they share twin sons. Through her career as an international banker, Laura splits her time between two countries and two families until the truth is revealed and one husband is arrested for murdering the other. In 2017, while trawling the internet for the latest, most sensational news reports, struggling true crime writer Casey Bowman encounters an article detailing the tragic final act. Casey is immediately enticed by what is not explored, Why would a woman, a mother, risk everything for a secret double marriage? Casey sees an opportunity. She'll track Lore down and capture the full picture, the choices, the deceptions that led to this disaster. But the more time she spends with Lore, the more Casey questions the facts surrounding the murder itself. Soon, her determination to uncover the truth could threaten to derail Lore's new quiet life and expose the many secrets both women are hiding. So that's More Than You'll Ever Know by Katie Gutierrez. And if for fans of true crime, and I feel like this sounds very similar to Simone St. James, the book of gold cases that I am reading right now. So I'm excited for this one. So my first pick for new releases this episode is Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen, which also comes out on June 7th. And it follows Ava Wong, who considers herself a straight-laced, rule-abiding Chinese-American lawyer. She has a very successful husband, a young son, a beautiful home. But ultimately, as is usually the case in these books, her world is crumbling uh, crumbling beneath her. Her marriage is falling apart. Her law degree that she paid a lot of money for has not been used in years, and she's really struggling with being a parent. So enter Winnie Fang, who was Ava's college roommate, uh, who comes from China, and who abruptly dropped out of college under mysterious circumstances 20 years ago. So now Winnie is looking to reconnect with Ava. But the girl that Ava knew, who was shy and awkward 
has now been replaced with a very confident woman of the world. She is just absolutely dripping in luxury goods, including a coveted Birkin in classic orange. And the secret to her success is that Winnie has developed an ingenious counterfeit scheme that involves importing near-exact replicas of luxury handbags, and now she needs someone with a U.S. passport to help manage her business. Someone who would never be suspected of engaging in any kind of illegal activity. So basically, Ava. But when their success is threatened and Winnie vanishes, Ava is left to face the consequences. So this is definitely a crime book in that it talks about a crime with, you know, counterfeit luxury goods. But it's also a kind of like a darkly sharp, sharply humorous story with a feminist bent with a strong point of view and an axe to grind. And it's a peek behind the curtain of the upscale designer storefronts and the factories where these goods are produced and then how they're counterfeited. So yeah, there's just a lot happening in this book. And then on top of that, there's the myth of the the model minority and, you know, how a woman carves out a place for herself in in the world. And there's just so much happening. And it sounds so, so interesting. So if you're looking for a crime novel with a with a literary bend and a lot to say, you'll definitely want to pick this one up. It's called Counterfeit by Kirsten Chen, and it comes out on June 7th. All right. And with that, that is our show. Thank you so much to everyone for listening. Thank you so much to our wonderful sound editor, Jen Zing, for always making us sound great. For show notes, you can head over to bookride.com slash listen. For more book recommendations and bookish goodness, head over to bookride.com. And don't forget to check out our full stable of podcasts at bookride.com slash listen, or just search Book Riot on your podcast player of choice. If you want to send us an email, feedback, or show suggestions, you can reach us at redordead at bookride.com. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at Javed Nusra. That's J-A-V-E-D-N-U-S-R-A-H. And you can find me on Twitter at KT underscore library lady. And we will talk to you next time. Bye.